Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsey, here with back-to-back weeks with Billy again. How are you doing this week, Billy? Yeah, good, mate. I feel privileged. Half-decent score, back in the saddle. Good stuff. So you had a pretty good week, I take it? Uh, not really, but better than the last ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take an 11.25, mate. It's better than a kick in the ass. No, that's not bad. You beat me this week. I... Um... I had a tough one. It was a bit of a tough week for some coaches um, with a bit of carnage. Those that started kick out, um, Rapana went okay with 40, but obviously got injured. I was one of the illustrious few who had the pod BJ in their centre wing for the big zero. No, that's no good. Uh, just killed me. So I basically ran with 16 players, um, which is pretty rough for... HIA failed a minute and a half into a match is uh, not what you want to see with any of your players. Yeah, I may as well have. Um, I was I had totally my team the, the the whole weekend and then and then um oh, sorry right up until Friday and then with all the late carnage and outs I decided I'll just I'll, I'll stick with Lane for now too too much carnage so I left him in SJ out made no trades. <laughs> awesome. Well, at least you saved some trades. Which um, coming yeah, up to seventeen thought, is important. I thought we had five this week, but I made a boo boo next week. So um, need, need, to, need to figure out how to get six people in the two trades this week. So lesson for the rookie. Well, lucky that we're talking about market watch straight up, mate. So let's get stuck into it. Market watch for this week. Um, let's go straight for the top ins first on percentages. Um, so the first guy on the list. Uh, he's someone who we mentioned previously, but now's the time to buy him. John Olive from the Bulldogs, 177K. He's got a minus 15 BE, 8.2% most uh, traded in. Um, so he's a pretty obvious one. He plays around 17. Um, probably the only little caveat I'll throw here is um, he only had 23 on the weekend in his 80 minutes. Um, scored 52 the other one but um, I think he's got a TS in there for that one. So he's only actually averaged about um, 37 points a game, so he's not setting the world on fire, but he does play round 17. He's got a bit of a grudge match this week against his uh, club from last year, the Gold Coast Titans, who can leak some points. So justifiably number one on the most trade-in list, Billy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I looked at that too and was a bit concerned about the 23, but what you've got to just keep telling yourself is, Pretty much every man and his dog uh, has him. He's going to increase in coin a little bit, and he might score 10 this week, 10 next week. But what come around 17, if he scores a 76, you're going to you're going to be absolutely filthy on yourself. He's, so I think he's just one of those guys you've just got to get in. And the fact that he plays, um, I think it's uh, um, is it? I think it's Raiders in round 17, and he's got Knights um, and Titans Knights before round. that. Yep. Not yeah, so it's not um, yeah. I was looking at draws before. I think the um, Warriors dogs and um, Warriors dogs at um, Penrith actually have a half decent draw. Um, Panthers have three home hands between now and round seventeen. So yeah, if you're going to pick up a cheapie, it's it's always good to pick up one with a decent draw. So probably one of those guys you just shove in if you can. Yeah, I agree. And he's actually got a, a pretty amazing home draw. He's got three out of the next four at home. Um, and he's only got two away in the next seven games. So um, not a bad draw. I mean, obviously, you want to get rid of him in round 18 um, or around then, but he should be able to make decent enough coin, and he plays round 17. Um, the other thing that we 
don't talk about enough, I don't think, is the other reason he's a good option is just because he's a genuine downgrade option to free up cash for um, a better upgrade somewhere else for round 17, which I needed to do this week. I had to downgrade somebody um, immensely to be able to get SJ in if I wanted to do that trade from DCE or JT to SJ. So he's a great downgrade as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, So... After John Olive, the second guy on the list here for the most traded in players with 7.7% of coaches bringing him in is Sean Johnson. Not really much of a surprise. He um, returned with almost a ton on, on the weekend. 675k, though. He went up a little bit. Uh, he does have a BE of 51 this week, so you could hold off. But in saying that, he is playing the Cowboys, um, so it isn't a bad week to get him in, Billy. Yeah, um, it's pretty much the same deal as last week, hey. Um, had a B, I think, 53 last week. He was playing at home um, versus Manly. The only caveat there was um, he was coming back from injury, so a few coaches might have wanted to sit back and take a look at him first to see if he was okay. But uh, I think this deep in the season, you just got to take risks. Um, you're not, not going to win this thing sitting back and watching and then jumping on when everyone else is. So, yeah, if you want him, just jump on. Um, I don't think you'll absolutely carve up the um, the cows, but um, it is going. To, it's North Queensland, so it is going to be warm up there. It should be a dry track, so it's not like he's going to get bogged down with with the rain. So, if, uh, probably a genuine VC option if you get him. Yeah, I think he's a good VC option as well. It's a really good point with him, and he's. Um, I guess one of those things with SJ is that I think any coaches that genuinely want to give round seventeen a shake, surely. He's a must-have for coaches who who want to give round seventeen the best crack they can. Yeah, I think it's a um, classic case of you go back to round thirteen. Um, if you only own ten people, um, and one of the, two two of those were to power and Lolo, it's it's easy VC choice, and you can um, keep up with the Joneses. Um, Joneses being those guys who have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen players. So. Yeah, he's he's one he's one of those guys you just absolutely have to have for round seventeen and uh, chat slap the VC or C on him and yeah um, run with the crowd. Yep, and we went through his stats last week, so we won't spend any more time on SJ. He's a phenomenal player this season when he's not hurt. Um, just only caveat to mention before we move on is that some of these guys are going to probably miss round sixteen. Um, so if you're getting SJ this week then um, you're only going to get this week out of him. So make sure that you've got some contingency planned for next week to play somebody else um, because you might get caught out having to play a bit of a dud next week when he's out. Um, so Aitken is the third most traded in guy and someone that we haven't really spoken about. So let's spend a bit of time on him. I um, I almost should have renamed this podcast the Dragons Edition because we're going to be talking about a hell of a lot of dragons tonight. Um, but... Aiken um, is the third most traded in with 6.3% of coaches already bringing him in. He's 484k, which is pretty cheap for him. Um, he's got a five-round average of 60, and his actual season average is 59. So he's performing pretty well. Um, and I think I had a discussion with somebody online uh, a couple of weeks ago who was discounting players as keepers who were um, below that 60s mark. Um, and I was saying to me, with centre wing being so open and also quite poor this year, um, there's not really many players that are averaging in the 60s consistently. So for me, 55-plus is kind of where I'm looking for, for centre wing keepers, so he kind of ticks the box there. He had a really good week uh, this week with a 78 points against the Dogs, and I think 
the good thing with that, Billy, was that he had a few offloads in there as well as a try, um, which I like to see. But I will say he has seemed to have dropped off here and there more than what we've seen in the past. He was very much a base stat beast last year, but before his 78, he had a 40, a 31, and a 45. Um, and the week before that, he turned up. So he has had a few lower scores than what I kind of expected from him. Yeah, this bloke drives me insane. I hate it. Um, the, earlier in, in the year, I was chatting to a few people and some of them were asking, um, is Aitken a good uh, goodbye? Um, he seems to be scoring well. And my comment to every single one of those was, no, stay away from him. The guy has a high, a high base, but he just doesn't ever, ever, ever get over the line. I think he might have only had a couple of tries last year. But, yeah, Q, Ben Hunt, and that awesome start from uh, from Widdop. And, yeah, he, I think he had a run of six or seven games um, where he was scoring pretty much in almost every single every single one of them. You come to the end of the end of the game, he's on on thirty five, and he's straight up to sort of seventy. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that run of um, thirties and forties. Um, but they've got a pretty tough draw coming up, um, and I think Storm are one of them. So, um, I'm not really keen on him at the moment, mate. If anything, I'd rather sort of stick around and grab one of those other guys we're going to talk about pretty soon uh, in the um, in the Dragon team, and then just. Uh, I'll wait for Madison to come back. So let me change your mind on this one, Billy. Um, first of all, he, he did have five out of six. Five out of his first six games, he scored a try in. So he definitely had a big try scoring run that was completely unsustainable to start the year. Yep. Um, but I actually quite like their draw, um, and I'll tell you why. Round 17, they do have the Storm and it is away, but um, the Storm also going to have Cameron Smith. They're still going to be missing a few Origin players, so... Uh, it's not going to be a full-strength Storm side by any means. Obviously, the Dragons going to be missing a few too, but I expect it to probably not be as hard as it normally is, I guess. But the next two weeks, I really like. They've got Manly at win, and then they've got Parramatta at win. Um, you might be putting your Parramatta hat on this week, thinking that might be a tougher game. But um, I'm actually salivating at a, a Manly-Para double the next couple of weeks at Wynn Stadium, and then um, away versus Melbourne, who will be missing a couple of good players. So... I don't, I don't mind the draw too much. Yeah, fair call. Um, I think the Eels are a bit better um, now, just having Brown back in the back. But, um, yeah, that's not going to make a massive difference to the Dragons' attack. But, yeah, I think he's one of those... Honestly, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think he'd probably end up being one of those 50-50 calls. Like if, look, if I grab him, um, he'll do nothing. If you, if you grab him, he'll score a double, so... I'm not going to get on him, so everyone else get on him, please. <laughs> yeah, well, I do think he's a good buy, but there is some other sneaky options. He is somebody who's, um, who is getting up the rankings on ownership, so he's not going to be a pod for round 17 um, or even for this week after the amount of guys trading him in. He's going to go up in um, ownership quite significantly, so he's already in 11% of teams, and that's going to go up quite a bit, so he's out of pod territory. Um, but, you know, a fair enough trade-in. Um, I think now let's move on from Aiken, though. We'll talk about some other dragons a bit later, but sticking to the list, the fourth most traded-in guy is actually Tohu Harris, who we touched on last week. He's been traded in by 5.6% of coaches. He's got a 520K BE. Uh, sorry, he's 520K with a BE of 49. Um I wanted to get him last week, and then with the Cook news, I actually had to reverse and get Cameron Smith in, which didn't work out too bad, but when Tohu threw up that 96 last week and Cameron Smith hadn't played yet, I felt pretty crappy. 
Yeah, as you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm still annoyed at myself too. Adam was back. Pilgrim gave me advice all week saying jump on um, on Tokyo, and I didn't listen. So it was, it was, I was, I was with it all the way, mate. But it was the, just the fear factor of the um, all the player dropouts, the, the reason why I held back. But yeah, in hindsight, it, he's pretty much the same buy again this week as he was last week. Yeah, he is. Um, so we don't need to go into his stats or anything. I guess the other elephant in the room is that if he's going to miss round sixteen, um, I wouldn't really be getting him this week. I'd be, I'd be targeting him from just around seventeen. He's not going to go up very much anyway with a forty nine be. So um, I think there's some better buys for this week myself. Don't mind getting him in. He's a good buy. You're going to want him for round seventeen, but I'd be waiting pre round seventeen to actually make that trade myself. Yep. Um, so moving on from Tohu. Uh, this next guy is really interesting. Uh, I haven't spoken about him all year because that's about how well he's gone. Uh, Ryan James is the fifth most traded in. Quite a few of us around the traps really thought that he was going to be a bit of a sneaky play to get him in. Um, but it looks like quite a few coaches are jumping on him now. Um, he's not cheap, though. So he's got a BE of zero because he scored 139 points with a double um, against Souths last week. Um that's not fantastic because it meant that he went up quite a bit and he's 551,000. Looking at his numbers, um, he has a, he's averaged 61 this year, but it's not the sort of 61 that I really like. It's sort of been a bit inconsistent. The 139 definitely inflated his value quite a bit. The last time he scored a try, which was about a month ago, he, he got an 84, which inflated his value quite a bit. But then there's a lot of 46, 36... Um, decent game at 67, but then like 53, 50, 51. A lot of not fantastic scores and probably the death knell for me, and you'll probably disagree, but that's fine, um, is being a front row forward only. Uh, I think it really limits being able to get him in. So for my team in particular, as an example, I've got um, Tapao and um, also Fafita up front, which obviously aren't playing round 17, but I've got Kikau and uh, TPJ on the bench who do play round 17, so I'm kind of already set, and I don't really want to trade any of those guys out to James. Are you someone who's looking at getting a Ryan James in for round 17? I was last week until he scored that double. I scratched his name off about halfway through last week's game. Piece <laughs> <laughs> of crap. 550 is a bit too much for him. Uh, I was in the game through talking to a couple of lads, so I tell them how long. Yeah, it's nice to see James getting some decent um, decent minutes and back in the and back in the front row. He's starting to look good, so be a good purchase next week. I was just I was just waiting for his um, ninety or ninety two break even to drop before the purchase, and then yeah, he scored that one fifty whatever it was. It just completely threw a spatter at work. So I'm uh, I'm not paying that price for um, I'm not paying that price for him. I'd rather I'd rather go back and um, find a little bit of value like. Um, um, yeah, like a, 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 someone around sort of three hundred fifty-four, four hundred k, like one of the um, um, a whitehead, a whitehead type, or a, a, another another sort of edgy, edgy from Penrith, sort of a hundred fifty k discount. But yeah, so he's off the radar now. Short story. Yeah, I think he would have been an okay buy if he was um, sort of 400, 400 to four fifty, but. He's just—he's too much for me. Um, I see the appeal, and you know, you, you could end up being a masterstroke coach in round seventeen for being one of the few people that have him in for that round. But uh, so I understand it. I, I'm not going to do it personally. Um, I've already said in my front row forward. If I wasn't, um, I think I would probably consider um, that being the, the position that I run short in. 
um, and just end yeah. up having one player playing round 17 in front row. Yeah, true. Hey, just on the Titans, uh, very quickly before we move on, mm-hmm. if um, if Razor come, when did Gillette do back from injury? Or Gillette will be for the Broncos. Do you want to move on to the Bronx? Yeah, so if, if he goes, surely he goes straight back into Origin. So would Arrow drop out of the team or they're not going to drop Hess or, or Papali, are they? Yeah, well, that's really, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Um, I mean, I think all three of those guys that you named will be on the chopping block, but the elephant in the room is Gavin Cooper, who no one's really been talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they'll drop the starter and leave those bench guys there. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that they can um, easily shuffle Gillette into that starting side at the expense of Cooper um, and sort of try and move that around a little bit or have Cooper on, or have uh, Gillette on an edge. But in saying that, um, Gillette's got a serious neck injury, so... The jury's out yeah, on okay. whether he's even going to get back this year. Um, you know, he's he's probably he might be due back for that last game, but I don't I don't think they'll pick him myself, so I don't think it'll matter. But yeah, uh, yeah right, fair enough. That, 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 that was just my angle. I was just basically just going to say, look, wait and see. You might be able to um, pick up Arrow the week before, then get a get a keeper rather than a, a temp guy for five hundred sixty k, whatever it is. Well, I think we're all praying for Arrow to somehow stuff up his opportunity or for Kevin Walters to panic and um, he end up playing round 17. But um, it, it probably looks unlikely, I guess, at this point. He didn't set the world on fire in the first game. I, I thought he was OK, but he would definitely be on the chopping block maybe if um, if they go 2-0 down and they want to test the waters elsewhere. No, I don't know who, were they, who they would throw in, mate. They, it was, I think they got... Um, yeah, the, the, the momentum definitely wasn't with them. Yeah, so I think we're probably pipe dreaming Billy, so I'll move on. Um, the next guy on the list, uh, we spoke a lot about last week, so I'm not going to go into detail, but um, Cam Smith last week we talked about because he was only 500k and had a low BE, he smashed out over a tonne, um, and he's now the sixth most traded in guy with 3.6% of coaches bringing him in. Uh, I actually reversed trades and brought Cameron Smith in despite our discussion last week when I said I am thinking about it still and not sure. Good boy. Worked out well, um, but I, I only 100% decided on it because um, Cook was ruled out and I knew that I had to get rid of her Veerly at some point because Hodgson was back. Actually worked out perfectly for me because Hodgson has been named this week and her on the bench, so it would have been trouble. And now Cameron Smith has gone up a lot and still has a low BE. It's um it's got to be Billy pretty much if you want Cameron Smith for round seventeen, you've got to get him now because he's six hundred and thirty five k with a minus sixteen BE. Yep, right after say so. Yeah, if you don't get him this week, you you basically need to miss out on him. I think he's going to get too expensive. Um, and he's playing Newcastle this week, guys. So you know he could be a decent captaincy choice as well. Yeah, I'm concerned about captaincy choice this week. Um, I know I spruiked him as a C last week, but that was because he was playing tougher opposition. He's playing um, Sunday at a footy uh, at night this week. Um, I reckon if they um, if they start to dominate the Knights, then I don't think he'll get as much um, attack up the middle himself. I, I reckon um, Munster will be doing it. Probably less tackles, less runs, and a couple of shots of goal. And if he shoot, maybe shooting wide, he might miss a couple, sir. Um, I, I probably still chuck the C on him at the moment, but that's only because I want to slap it on um, on an SJ. But yeah, I, I'm not as confident as a C on him this week. 
yeah, I'm not doing it myself, but um, I wouldn't talk anyone out of doing it. Um, that's for sure. He could end up with a lot of kicks at goal, at least. But I know Billy Slater will be back for him as well, which um, could help out. I'd like to see him do a bit of a little ruck move where they uh, throw it back inside to Billy from Cameron and he, Billy just goes straight through. That would help. Yeah, but in saying that, um, momentum and confidence are a massive thing. And he, he seemed to have uh, chucked a couple of really good games together lately. So maybe he's uh, mid-season, he's feeling fit. Everyone else is at uh, origin. He's sort of getting his seven-day turnarounds and rest. So there maybe is a good see, but he's a good saver anyway. At least you know you're going to get a few tackles of a sole 50 or 60 off him. Yeah, can't see him scoring less than 60. Hey, he'll get a few. He'll get a few points. But, I mean... Um I'm pretty close to saying he's, he's close to back because he's had back-to-back tons now of 106 and 123 points the last two weeks. He hadn't tonned up at all before that. So um, if he keeps this pace up, it's going to be a um, really good buy for those that got on him uh, last week at you know low 500s. That's a pretty good purchase. So um, let's, that's pretty much going to round out the top 10 with three other guys that we're not going to go through. Um, Masters, Gal, and Sergis actually round out the top 10. They're guys that I'm going to assume are guys trading in as more head-to-head players or those that are ditching round 17 altogether, uh, which is fine, but they're not fantastic purchases for this week or for those, I guess, that are plenty ahead to round 17. Um, all those guys are reasonably cheap, though, so I can see the appeal. But I see um I can see why people are buying Masters, but just on that Gal thing, mm. does everyone at home know that he did score LB try and a TS LBA? Plus, he played 60 minutes. The guy's going to go back to 50-50 by five minutes and 48 scores very soon. Yeah, I've, I'm a little bit puzzled at um, people saying that Gal is back because... You know, Rubbish. You, you, don't, you can't say that a guy's back... Um, just off one game, um, and I think I made the comment online to someone that you know, even Jack Reed was the best player in the game for one week when he scored 150, but it didn't mean that Jack Reed was great and he went on to score 10 points the following week. So the, the yeah, I, I think Gal will honestly be a very good buy around. I think we talked about this last week actually around 25, 26, when all of a sudden he starts putting in the extra minutes for his last uh, hurrah. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing is that he's, he's low 500, so I guess that's that's the appeal. But he did have base of 70 on the weekend, so his base was actually really good. But the problem is that he's just, when you look at it before that, even when he's been playing 62 minutes a week before, it was still only 58 points. You know, and he, 57 the week before that, it was 41 points. And that's still a couple of weeks after he got back from injury. Yeah, he just doesn't have the old gal stats anymore that he used to. Um, and I think that he's okay with that. So I'm not a big fan of it. I just think that there's so many options in the second row that um, you can go elsewhere and get better value for money, better scores, and a guy that's going to be less owned as well. Yep, cool. Let's move on. So let's have a look at some others outside the top 10. Um, first other guy I'm going to bring up, Billy, I said we're going to talk a little bit about the Dragons today. Uh, one guy that hasn't been one of the most traded in, uh, he's a bit of a pot option. Kurt Mann. So Kurt Mann took Jason Nightingale's wing spot on the weekend uh, with Nightingale getting uh, a bench utility role and getting very limited minutes. Um, the press from Mary McGregor basically said that um, Mann's been waiting in the wings and he's earned it um, on merit. Um, and it didn't really sound like to me that he was going to get dropped back to the bench. Um, he's been named on the wing again this week. Priced 
um, at a near rookie price, 177k. Um, he's also a dual halfback as well, which makes it a little bit easier between halfback and centre wing to make some sells later on. He's got a BE of five, plays manly this weekend, has been a known try scorer on the wing. I'm surprised that more people aren't talking about Kurt Mann at the moment. Yeah, I was uh, going to grab him this week too, but um, yeah, can't considering there's only two trades, not five. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, I was going to mention that other point too that you've already called about. He's he's available at half, so um, there's a lot of gives you a bit more flexibility there. And what you said about that short-term draw with uh, Manly and Eels, um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a couple a couple of plus there too. So whether you play him or not, or, even if you're um, short and and you want to play someone this week for, and, and you're bat, you're you're out. You've got rubbish enough luck to have Rapala as well as Madison in there. You could uh, go and graze him and just uh, play him there one week and then hold him for the Blazers at NPR too. So, yeah, it's a very sneaky pod option. Yeah, it pays a question to you, Billy. Um, yep. So if you could only trade in one cheapie as one downgrade for round 17, would you go Olive or Man? Man. Yeah, I would too. Um, and Olive's a, the far greater trading in player. Man offers far more than what Olive does for the same price and um, plays Dude, 17. He's playing in the team that's coming in top in the top four and is in the form and is playing has, has a half decent draw. So wingers, wingers are going to score. He's got a point to prove. So yeah, I, 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 in this instance, I'd go a winger over over a centre. Yeah, no, I would as well. I think he's a better buy than Olive. I'm actually going to have them both because I had to downgrade Olive last week, but. Is he playing right or left? Uh, he's playing outside Lafay, which is on the right. Yeah, so if you're not going to get if you're not going to get Lafay, you could do the second best thing and get you know the points that potentially gives that right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if you do think Lafay is going to go well and you want a cheaper option, then you could jump on to just get Kurt Mann and just go for that because he is a finisher and that's something he does have over Nightingale. He um, he finishes tries very well, and he's got some good speed. Um, and I've spoken to him before on the pods in the past. That a couple of years ago, when he got an opportunity about two seasons ago, he he scored like seven tries in the Dragons' last five games, and that was when they had no attack at all. So he's he's definitely a good finisher. Um, so yeah, Kurt Mann, guys, really have a look if you need a downgrade. Um, not a bad option. Um, but I'm going to move on to our next guy. This is going to be my Dark Horse pod tip of the week. Um, and I've killed a couple in a row, Billy. I killed Roger Tuomazashek last week. Killed Dugan the week before. So let's hope that I don't kill this one because I've already traded him in. Uh, Nene McDonald on the other wing for the Dragons. He's only 377k. Um, got a BE of 43, but he's coming off a good game where he had a 67, which did include a try, but he also got some offloads going again. Um, he's got that run that we spoke about, back-to-back games at win. If you think Widdop's going to have a good run, then some of these wingers are probably going to score. Um, and he's someone who started off the season with a really good work rate as well. Um, quite liked him to start the year, but he was way too expensive. I'm actually um, going to choose Nene over Aitken um, and Lafay and the, as more fancy guys. I'm actually going to go with McDonald because he's only 370-odd K and... Um, We've seen in the past um, some pretty good base as a winger as well. Yeah, I've heard some chatter about him in the last sort of twenty. Uh, well, 
in the last sort of few hours today. Um, uh, I think the only thing to point out is pretty much what you already said, and that um, if um, what's his name, um, if Whitaker's firing, then that left edge is just going to get a couple of those cutout balls. So forget about Lafayette; it's not, not going to go anywhere near him. It'll just go straight behind him. Yeah, I um, I really like him for a double this week, McDonald at Wynn Stadium. Um, I reckon he could have a bit of a try scoring run. He's got a bit of Vunavalo about him, where he sort of goes on runs. After the first round this year, he he scored one try, one try, two tries, and then had a drought for a few weeks, and then scored a double. Um, so it looks like he's starting to run again. I reckon. Yeah, nice little pod there, but. So a couple for the watch list before we move on, Billy. These aren't guys necessarily trading this week, but we've got a bit of a Broncos connection special here for round 17 looking ahead. Um, Milford's been real disappointing, Billy, but he plays the Titans in round 17. Um, and, geez, he is dirt cheap at about 430k. Got a BE of 50 again. Um, playing a tough game against the Sharkies. Uh, I reckon I'm going to trade him in next week for... Um, He's match up against the Canberra Raiders in 16 and then grab him for the Titans. So nice little watch there. Yeah, mate, he stabbed my heart and ripped it out and stabbed it again. But <laughs> I sold him a couple of weeks ago and I was gonna and I said to myself, not not again this season, but I keep looking around at different options and there's absolutely sweet FA available for around 17. So I think I'm going to bite the bullet and go back to my pain and probably um, get him back in round 17 for that Titans game. Hope to Christ that he actually does something, otherwise I'll stab him. Well, he's just going to be cheap anyway, so um, he's not a bad one. But the other Bronco connection there is if you think the Broncos are going to go well the next couple of weeks after this week, then along with Milford next week, you could have the double trade in and um, be bringing uh, Corey Oates as an alternative centre wing that's not owned very much, only 6% of teams. BE 69 this week, 480k. Um, he's potentially going to get to maybe 430k by the time round 17 rolls around. Dual second row centre wing could go on a bit of a run. Yeah, and that was only off the back of playing the Storm last week too. So um, we, I know we talked about him last week. He, he was a watch though. It wasn't wasn't a buy versus the Storm, but um, yeah, him, him and Milf are pretty good watches over the next couple of weeks, and you can probably pick them both up around the um, the same price, or at least maybe one, maybe. Um, uh, half your risk and pick up one of them yeah for sure one fires out of will you think yeah you think that they're both going to fire if the if the um, Broncos are going to have a good couple of weeks and their draw is pretty good so very big watch uh, for potential trade-ins for next week on that Broncos connection um, let's go into the outs though um, so the outs for this week uh, some some normal guys that are injured that are getting traded out which makes sense Rapana Broke everyone's heart after breaking it all year. He's broken it even more. At least he's dead to us and we can get rid of him. Uh, Appy Coruscant out eight to ten weeks. Mano's out a couple of weeks and uh, people are trading him. Um, I'd be trying to hold him if you can, but you know, kind of expected. But the one that I want to focus on, Billy, that has me absolutely perplexed is the most traded out guy this week. 15% of coaches have traded out this guy. Viliami Kikau. Plays round 17. Um, everyone's come out and said he's got a one- to three-week injury, so has an all right chance of playing round 17 still. 15% of coaches have traded him out. Yeah, I thought he was done for the season. I spent ages of this afternoon doing some homework on year, only to find out that he's probably coming back for round 17 anyway. So, um, 
yeah, it depends on what they mean by one to three weeks. Is it a monster? Is it a monster brown type one to three weeks, or is it a you know a season ending one week? That what's his name? Nah, it's a it's a pretty good one because I, like it, there's been a few different people come out. Phil Gould came out and said it's one to three weeks, and um, NRL Physio on Twitter gave us some really good information. Shout out to NRL Physio, always great to get their opinion. Um, they said that it's a genuine one to three week injury. Could be back as soon as you know in a week's time. So um, yeah, it looks like it's a genuine one to three weeks for sure. So I personally, there's no way I'm trading him out. Anyone that's playing round seventeen or maybe playing round seventeen, there's no way I can get rid of him. It's just too hard a round. Yeah, yeah. Considering that, yeah, how, like you just said, how difficult it is, and the fact that even if he does start off the bench, he's starting there anyway. He'll be. He pretty much. He, He's pretty much, um, you, you know what you're going to get with him. You know you're going to get a 35 to 45 score unless he goes over the line. Fuck, he looks like he's going to go over every single time in the last 10 minutes. Oh, he's looked good. He's got his TBs and stuff on top of that normally that he can throw out there. And um, you got to remember too, um, they're going to have Regan Campbell-Gillard out as well. So they're going to be missing some punch. So, um, yeah, I, I don't understand people getting rid of him. Hey, his 75 BE isn't that high. Um, and you know if somebody said to me like if he's going to drop some cash the next, like say he comes back in a week's time and he drops a little bit of cash and then I have to sell him in round 18 you know, first of all yeah. you could just not sell him but second of all if someone said to me hey Barnsley it's, it's going to cost you 30k to have an extra number in there are you happy to pay 30k to have an extra number in round 17 yeah. I, I'd be like scrambling to get the 30k out to give to them for that extra player in round 17 and here's the other thing too so with with all the um, with all the outs that the um, the Panthers are actually going to have uh, the halves as well as um, uh, uh, Fisher Harris, whatever it is, who he might even get a starting gig. Uh, does who who go who goes into um, who goes who goes into, into the halves? Because you have because you have Peach, Peachy outs, so he, so he won't he won't be playing six. Do you, they have a couple of kids kids coming through that all that all playing halves, or does um, year, does is year, year, does is year a specialist um, six fill in it? Nah, he or won't be able to fill in at six. They're pretty much going to have to go. Um, basically, Tyrone may all come in. Uh, Peter Wallace yeah. was the other obvious one, but he's actually retired today, effective Tyrone. immediately. So that really hurts him. So I think it's going to be May and one of their young kids that are going to play in the halves, and Regan Campbell Gillard's a forward that they're going to have out for Origin. So he's playing prop at the moment, but that reshuffle could very well mean that there's more minutes for, um, you know, yes, but... for, for Billy Kicko. Yeah, I mean they could they could very easily throw um, James Fisher Harris to prop and then put Kicko at thirteen, and he might be a starting thirteen and could even play eighty minutes. Like, yeah, a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, so moral of that story, kids, don't sell him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the moral of that story is don't sell anyone that might be playing round 17 until you get to round 17 and they're not playing. Um, but we'll move on to the next guy because we're going to be saying the same thing about him. Uh, Reese Martin got dropped for being late to training last week and um, a lot of people expected him to be named this week and with him um, currently sitting the sixth most traded out at 3.3% of coaches getting rid of him. I'm just as astounded as Kikau. He's got a minus 23 break-even, and I would put money on him playing in round 17. Why, Billy? I'll put money... Dude, I'll put money on him playing this week. Yeah. <laughs> someone said he scored a double and kicked, like, uh, half a dozen goals. Oh, he's, he's a great sure, player. Sure, 
surely, surely, surely gets to call the callback up this weekend as a late switcheroo and Elliot or someone comes out. Yeah, I just I don't understand it. Can you can you make any sense of it? He's only missed one week, so it's not really that frustrating. I mean, why would you trade him out? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, mind you, I, I would still have to be the pen guy at eleven. But I, I'm not a coach, mate. They know better than me. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's a bit of a hard one at the moment with guys trying to make room and um, it being very much based on individual teams on who you should be trading out and who you shouldn't. But yeah, honestly, guys, anyone that might play around 17, even if they're not playing right now, you just have to leave them and just see what happens because the numbers in round 17 are going to be really, really difficult. Um, next week, there's five trades, like Billy mentioned. Um, that's great. Uh, this week, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's. I think a lot of teams. I mean, Rapana was a guy that teams already had in waiting for him to play, and he's gone now. So that's already a number down. Like it's getting harder and harder to field a good amount of players for round seventeen. So there's no way Honestly, you can I think, afford. I think Rapana being out is a good thing. It's stopped all the. Uh astute coaches from holding on to his pain for the next three weeks only, only to get a 30 in round 17 they want to kill him oh, I'm pretty happy that I got to trade with partner out um, and that he wasn't worth 200k when I had to do it was was nice as well because he's just been going Mate, terrible the minute, yeah the minute I got Milf as well as Rapana out of my team I pretty much sighed uh, sighed a sigh of relief <laughs> makes any sense now I don't have to worry about the, the fear of any sort of stinking 20s or 30s in the team and I can just get shitty 50s or 60s if the forwards don't perform. Yep, yep. So one of the other guys that's um, heavily traded out this week is very much expected. Uh, Matty Moylan, ninth most traded out um, player. I guess the good news for him, Billy, is if you did get him in for a round 13 like me, despite him only scoring 10 points that round, he has made 70k since then at least. And I subbed him in for TPJ on the weekend, needing to chase some points. And he got me 63 points against the Tigers, beat TPJ by about 20 points. Um, he does have a BE of 99 this week, and he doesn't play around 17, so it does make it hard to hold him any longer. Yeah. One of those sort of personal kind of opinion, sort of buy, sell, hold type questions, mate. Yeah. I mean, it's the Sharks versus Broncos this week um, at Suncorp. I'm, that's got potential to not be a great game for the halves. Um, so, yeah, if you if you do get him in round 13, you probably want to take your 70 grand and run. Um, so that makes sense. Um, although I will throw a little caveat in there. Round 16, um, the Sharkies are playing over at Mount Smart Stadium against the Warriors, but it's a Warriors team that's probably going to be missing SJ, um, RTS, Tohu Harris, um, potentially other guys as well. So the Sharkies might have a bit of a, a bonanza over there in round 16. Even if they're not missing, mate, they're going to be tired. They're on a short turnaround for a long trip. You'd hold them just for that anyway. Yeah, that's actually what I'm doing. I'm, um, I'm prepared to take the hit this week. I'm going to hope that he scores 60, so he's only about you know 39 points off his BE, and I can cop that and then... Hopefully he gets a big score for round 16 against the Warriors and I can actually use him that week if I'm short with a Gareth Widdett maybe out of SJ out. Yeah, and the other thing is, mate, um, I'm up in Brisbane here, don't forget. and I'm sitting outside in... Um, it's cold, but I've got a jumper on and a pair of shorts and it's, it's reasonably dry, so um, if he's going to be playing... Um, 
When's he playing? When's the Broncos game this week? Is it late or early? Um, this week's Broncos game, I think, is on the Sunday. Saturday night, so yeah, Saturday night. So you're still going to get a sort of low twenties low dry, dry track event, mate. It's not like they're absolutely got a dominant forward pack either. So it could still go pretty well. But um, yeah, on on that fact alone, as well as the fact, as well as the um, the Warriors game, mate, on a short turnaround, I'd probably sit him and sit him holding and playing both games, eh? Yeah, I'm holding him. But um, having said that, Billy, there's uh, two different stadiums that this is being played at, according to two different sites. Um, NRL Stats have got it at uh, Suncorp. But uh, the uh, game app has it at Southern Cross Group Stadium. I actually think this is a Sharks home game. It's just a mistake on the oh, right. Supercoach Stats site. So, yeah, it's going to be at the Sharks anyway, um, which might make it a little bit more enticing with how the Broncos are going to even play. But I'm going to sit him this week and then just play him against the Warriors and hope that he comes up. Yep. Um, so speaking of that, um, I think it's about time that we moved on to um, TLT. Um, bit of an interesting one. Um, TLT this week had a few admissions that we've um, already spoken about, which makes it a little bit hard on some coaches. Which is why I think that we're seeing, you know, Reese Martin and the like getting traded out. The first game is your mob, Eels versus the Rabbits. Um, we've got. Manu Mao returning to the starting side after he missed last week, uh, which means the rookie, Nui Corey, goes back to the bench. Um, and Reed Mahoney retains his place in the 17 after a nice debut for the Cows, but that's about all the changes. So pretty straightforward. Um, Jared Hayne made a bit of a return to form last week for you. Yeah, it would have been nice if he did that round one. <laughs> How are you seeing this going? You reckon that the Eels are going to get back-to-back wins? Uh, I think we'll put in a much larger larger effort. Um, I think we'll be able to match them for a little bit, but uh, I think the Rabbits will get over the top of us. So I, I don't think it's going to be one of those blowout games where they score sort of 30 and we score two. I reckon it might be, you know, we score sort of 14, 16, they score 22. Yeah, well, the Rabbitohs have got all their origin stars back. So Inglis, Gay Guy, uh, Damien Cook and Angus Crichton are returning. Um, that means that Cam Murray and Dewey is moving back to the bench and Farah Hunt and Nichols Filmano drop out of the side. Um, another good point with this game as well is a lot of people are also selling Cam Murray, which we didn't highlight in Market Watch. Um, he's a very good sell at the moment. I'd be selling him as well. Um, and the other thing that I'm looking forward to in this game, I'm actually uh, considering the VC on Cook because the... Um, Eels forward pack do give away quite a few points, do have a few holes up the middle, and um, Cook, after um, a week's rest, might have a bit of a bonanza. Yeah, I have to agree there, mate. Um, I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing, but I, I just think it'll be a good game to watch. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for uh, a potential Cook VC, and I reckon the Rabbits are going to get over the top 22-12. to 12. That'll be my call. Um, but moving on to the next game, um, we've got the Cows versus the Warriors up at uh, Townsville. Um, so the Cows have got uh, Michael Morgan returning from his groin injury at fullback, which means Coots out of the side, and he's going to stick with uh, Morgan at fullback, it looks like. Lodette's moved into the starting side at the expense of Justin O'Neill, who has just been awful this year. I'm not surprised whatsoever. It's taken way too long for Green to get rid of him. 
Um, on the wing, Bowen has actually come in for Winterstein, so he's finally started to wield the axe after they're out of the frame for the, the finals, it looks like. Um, and Scott Bolton's actually returning as well. Um, for the Warriors, they got RTS back after getting um, ruled out just before the game last week, um, which means Hickey's back to the centres and Bill drops out. But this is another um, enticing one for the guys that have brought in Tohu and SJ or are looking at doing so this week. Yeah, um, that, that Tui Ali bloke, I suppose, would be a bit of a gun. I don't know what he's like defensively, but I suppose they have a, a decent attack. Um, I'd probably back... Look, with a couple of new edges out there, I'd probably back um, back, back SJ. I reckon um, Tom Malala will still just single-handedly steamroll down down the middle, but I think, um, yeah, SJ will just expose him out wide. So which 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 warrior reaps the, reaps the wards, I don't know, but... Um, uh, I reckon it'll be a, I reckon it'll be a close game actually, but SJ SJ might get over the top of them at the end. Yeah, not a bad call. It's with the close game call. I mean, it's one of those things which, yeah, I know you're an Eels fan, mate, but let's be honest. I don't think it was a great game on the weekend, and it just seems to be that teams that play the cows it doesn't matter how bad the cows play, they don't seem to get too blown out. It's almost like teams go down to their level. Yeah, I know, and uh, let, let's be honest, it doesn't matter how good the Warriors are, it's still the Warriors, they're going to they're gonna leak points themselves, and I know I know that um, JT seems to be a little bit sort of slow lately, but he'll, do, he'll put a couple of those force dropouts in, and it only takes one, one or two passes for him to uh, keep it pretty close, so. And he hasn't exactly got any of those short balls away lately to Hess or Torvalolo or, 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 um, or Cooper. It's been you know, a couple of set plays and a couple of chip kicks. So if he chucks a couple of those away, he'll he'll quite easily put sort of 12, 18, 12 18 points and it'll be up to up to um, SJ to do his magic and try and get um, you know, really in 18, 20 points. Yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit torn on SJ, um, whether just a straight seam or whether to VC him. Um, in this one, because I'm a little bit like you, I'm a bit worried that it might be a little bit closer than than four might suggest, especially being up in Townsville. So I'm not. Um... Yeah, VC for me. Pure, yep. a VC purely because not not not, not rocks the moments. He's proven he's um he's, he's sort of um, changed that pattern a little bit the last couple of years. But I'd ra- I'd rather go with a, a high base for a captain now and just take you know. I'd much rather VC a guy who can go 150. I don't think Cook can go 150 because he doesn't kick. So, yeah, for that reason, SJBC and just stick around with our Smith on the sea. It's a shame that it's a shame that um, Eels aren't Eels aren't playing um, a bit later in the weekend. I would have loved to see Brown 73 and base is phenomenal. Yeah, he did look good, but I tell you who else is um, potentially looking good this week for base. Tom Malolo had like you know 70 points in. 35 tackles and 22 runs or something on the weekend. No offloads, hardly any TBs. He always steps up against the um, against the fellow Kiwis, so he might be just a good You never know how many minutes he's going to get, but yeah. But has it really mattered? I mean, he's he's just been it does, killing. It does. It does. If he if he gets 50 or if he gets 60 minutes, like they that actually 10, 10 minutes at 1.5 point per minute points per minute. It's 15 points and. Um, um, someone I didn't mention this last week because what, what, one of the other guys kind of mentioned it late, but someone, one of the lads, uh, said something around um, uh, Tom Lala. Um, I think it was Luke actually. He see, if you look at his patterns, you 
whenever he plays a big minute game, like you know, so the seventy minutes, the 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 following week he always plays a minimum of eight minutes less. So um, he seems to sort of step up when there's injuries, and, and but the following week he seems just to have a little bit of a rest. You, you got to remember the guy's a ten million dollar rest, but they're not going to absolutely kill this guy and give him sixty five minutes every week because I know he's only sort of. 22 or 23 now, but that, that's a body, that's an investment they have to protect and if they're not, not in the hunt for the finals, do you really think they're going to just keep throwing him up the middle like a battering ram? Yeah, I mean, I see your point and I don't completely disagree, um, but in saying that, since he went went back to form, his minutes have gone up and down and he still hasn't scored below 58 and that's in his last nine games and aside from that 58, He's not scored below 61. So even when he's gotten 54 minutes, you know, he's gotten a 68-point yeah. output and stuff. He's just he's just been on a bit of a tear. Um, but he has got back-to-back 80-minute yeah. games the last two weeks, so I guess that's a little bit of cause for concern. Yeah. The one the one thing I do like um, in what you said, though, is it's um, versus the Warriors and after the... Um, I was going to say a funny word, the kerfuffle. After the kerfuffle. <laughs> um, <laughs> the... Um, the, uh, the 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 World Cup sort of um, uh, split down there him, and him going over the tunnel. I think he might not not that he has a point to prove, but I think he, he, he might. It's versus the it's versus the Warriors, mate. I reckon he, I reckon you're right. I reckon he might step, sort of step up, come out and show him what he's got. I reckon he's going to score a try this week. I'll go that far. I'm going to throw that one out there while we move on to the next game. <laughs> oh, Christ, I hope he doesn't. It'll just. Mate, I'm already in a filthy mood for not owning him. Yeah, I keep forgetting that you don't own him until we have these pod chats and then uh, then I remember. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next game, which is uh, the Roosters versus the Panthers at Allianz Stadium on Friday night. The Roosters are made just a one change with uh, Orbison actually starting and Takiyaho going back to the bench, um, which means Madison's still out a um, couple of weeks away. Um, from what I hear, his concussion symptoms are fine. Um, they did say that he's had minor wrist surgery, that's all that's holding him up. So he's still been running and stuff. I expect him to come back and play his normal allotment of minutes pretty much straight away. So if I did own him, I'd probably be holding him. Um, the Panthers side of things, though, um, we've got Kiko out with a knee injury, obviously, and he's replaced on the interchange by Jack Hetherington. So there could be um, a few more minutes there because Hetherington might not play too many. Um, and that bench that the, um, that the Panthers have, I mean, aside from Tamau, They've got Wade Egan, Cade Ellis, and Jack Hetherington. So it's probably good news for the guys that are um, in that starting pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, not exactly big names there, but yeah, you're right. So what's your um, what's your take on this one? It's um, the Roosters trying to find some form versus the Panthers who um, touched up the competition leaders a couple of weeks ago. Mate, um... I think the Roosters aren't exactly living up to the height of the preseason. Um, they they were they were red hot favourites all year, but I don't, I don't think they've had one game where they've actually shown complete dominance like their their lineup um, says they should be displaying. I reckon um, I reckon Panthers are, are legitimate contenders this year. They're actually really really showing how, how well they can do. Um, I reckon I reckon Panthers might get over them this week. Yeah, I, I don't think from memory being a Roosters fan that we've got very good um, very good records against Panthers either, but at least it's not over at Pepper Stadium, so um, we can play at Allianz at least. But yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised with um, 
how well they backed up to win that game at the death last week. I really thought that as that game went on, their halves and their origin guys would have gotten more tired, but they just didn't. Just didn't happen. Um, yeah, and like we like we were talking about last week too. I think Teddy really has found that combo with the halves too. Like he just seems to know when and where to pop up now, so he's a lot more effective. A lot more effective on the field. So I think you start seeing a lot more points or a lot more runs from him, which should lead to a lot more sort of creativity. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch Teddy this week. I reckon he's going to have a good week. And I will say that I, I did spruik Blake Ferguson as much as I could for round 13, and he's averaged about 95 points the last two weeks in a row. So um, I'm enjoying owning him as well. On the Panthers' side, I will throw out one name uh, you can give me a take on. I am actually watching Trent Merrin with great interest um, because he's getting close to 400,000 playing round 17, and I'm kind of figuring that if I like the look of him and they give him some extra minutes this week, um, he might get some extra minutes in round 17, be a decent number for me to grab in and um, even just leave as a sort of 20th man if I need to use him, I can. If you put it that way, yeah. Um, I just look at his 40, 45 minutes and go, Christ, but I can't spend that money and have it sitting there doing a sprint FA for one round. But, um, yeah, one one round, and if he gets the increased minutes, and if he chucks up 70 or 75 with a, a 65-minute game, which you know he can easily do, then that um, that might actually be worth the trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching with great interest. If he looks good this week, I think I'm going to be picking it up the following. So looking forward to that one. Gonna, I think if you're going to make that trade, though, you'd want to be in the sort of top 50 or top 100 because that really is a, you know, burning a trade for an extra 25, 30 points and you'll never, ever play him again. Well, if I... The other thing that I'm doing that's substantiated to myself is um, if it's a downgrade, um, I'm probably going to make 100 grand out of the trade to use somewhere else and I'm going to need to drop down somewhere. So, Merritt's probably worse. Unless you can find a a bench guy who's going to come on um, or a winger who's going to come on and you can completely downgrade for a one-hit wonder who's never going to show up again and make sort of you know, five, 400k as opposed to just 300. Yeah, well... So 400k as opposed to 100. I need to do it with a second-rate forward probably, but I'm I'm an unabashed Trent Merrin fan, mate. You know this. I'll, I'll get him and hold on to him and hope that we get back to the glory days that will never come back again. Yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> you're, on your own. you're on your own there, buddy. Oh, I know it. It's all right. So the one after the Roosters and Panthers is an absolute cracker, and I say that reasonably sarcastically because we've got the Gold Coast Titans versus the Bulldogs. Bulldogs went okay against the Dragons on the weekend, but they really didn't look very good. Um, this one here, I'm, I'm not really looking too forward to watching. Bulldogs have only made the one change. Um, David Clemens returning to the starting side. Tamaga goes back to the bench and... With the Titans, um, Darren Wallace is suspended, so Stockwell moves in the starting side. Will Matthews comes in onto the bench. Um, not really very exciting, these two. Um, I guess there's the old John Olive hand grenade play him and hope that against his former side he, he gets some tries. I reckon um, I reckon Brimson goes over the line this week. He's looked dangerous a couple of times here and there. Good little runner. I reckon this is the week he breaks through finally. His um, dogs are a big pack and can get a bit lazy. I reckon, I reckon he finds his way through this week. That's not a bad call. I've liked the look of him as well. How about a bit of a, a, a different perspective? Um, the NRL's come out and said 
that they're going to sin bin late hits now as well. I reckon we're going to get a couple of sin bins this week. How about Hipgrave to get his third sin bin in two weeks? Didn't hear that one. You got two sin bins in the one game, the game before last. So uh, I reckon there's going to be a few more sin bins this week, and I'm going to peg Hipgrave to get another one. This That's... will be interesting to see how they police it, because... <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, mate, because a lot of these hits are, are legitimate, but they, they reckon it's late. I think it's ridiculous, to be honest. Um, I won't go on a big rant about it, but, you know, as a former Ford, um, you, you're not going to... It's your job. It's your job to hit guys, and you don't say to yourself in your head, if you're going to get there slightly late, oh, I better not hurt the guy. It's what you're trying to do every tackle, and... You're not going to hurt yourself by pulling out or done, do a cartwheel around someone that you've gone in to hit that had the ball just because a split yeah. second before they get rid of it, you know? Like, it's contact happens. Mate, I, yeah, I agree with Thurston that, you know, the dog acts where the guys come from behind and snap you in half when, when you're not expecting it uh, well after you kick the ball, then that, that that's absolutely got to go. But from a guy that's um, coming in, you know, open arms right in front of you, um, yeah, I reckon they need to be careful there. Well, I didn't think the Gazowski one was that bad. I thought that he was going in to hit him, and you actually see him drop his arm so he could brace for the impact that was inevitably going to happen because he was half a metre away when the ball got thrown and he was going at speed. So, And he only bumped him. Like, it wasn't even hard. You know, I, I, saw, I agree with Thurston with um, the getting hit in the back stuff or, you know, when it's real late. But Thurston does tend to have a bit of a whinge any time he gets hit after he's passed the ball or even when he's passing the ball. So I, I, don't, I reckon the NRL's reacted rather than actually sat down and thought about this. And, you know, players will, get a, players will say whatever they need to to get a penalty. You know, there's, JT will say that in a press conference, knowing full well that the next week he's probably going to get a penalty when he gets hit late. You know, that's, you can't just listen to what these players are saying and then just make rules around it. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, let's not get started on the rules because I think it's um, been far too many sin bins for everyone this week. Uh, well, this season, I should say. Um, so the next Mate, game... if I don't score a 1,300, I'm sin bidding myself. <laughs> I would love a 1,300 this week. So this next one might help us out with that. Um, we've got the Dragons versus the Manly Warringah Seagulls played at Wynn Stadium. I have very, very high hopes for the Dragons to put on some good scores. So Kurt Mann's on the wing, like we said. Um, it's actually the left wing. Um, ahead of Nightingale, who's on the bench still. Uh, other than that, we've got the same side. Whereas with uh, Manly, um, this is something that's really going to hurt them. Appy is out for eight to ten weeks, and they've named a hooker to debut, uh, Manasi Fanu, who I think was a Toyota Cup player of the year. Um, he's um, going to really struggle in the middle, um, even if he has to play 60 minutes, and they put Lewis Brown or something there. Um, Sean Lane's actually been moved to the bench, which, again, is just crazy to me. As a non-NRL coach, I would think that Sean Lane is probably your third best forward and he's on the bench. So that's what yep. I'm annoyed about this game, Billy. I'm annoyed Sean Lane's on the bench and I can't play him, uh, but I am excited about having Widdop and Nene potentially run right. Me too, mate. I'm, I'm annoyed that I've never played this game before ever, but I know better than, than all the real coaches. That <laughs> 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 I it's, it, honestly, it, it is easy to look at stats and, and, and see a little bit more than what um, you want it 
than what the uh, NRL coaches see. Um, I, I think I think Lane's a weapon, especially the way he played in the 13 jersey while while Trebojevic was um, um, was away on, on on Origin. But yeah, I know. Obviously, um, Barrett thinks differently, so let's wait and see what happens. But yeah, the fact that he's on the bench now, we're just lucky that he's got a, re- a reasonably low B, mate, because it gives us one week to hold, hold on to him before we need to, to flick him. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was annoyed about as well. I just wanted one more starting week because he looks so dangerous and I just wanted that little yeah, bit of extra cash to move him on next week. Not just the cash. It would be nice to have the option of playing him, but um, it, it's hard to play him when he's on the edge because he, it's forty. It seems to be a, a, 45, to, a 45 to 55 score and you do, without a try and you don't know which one you're going to get. But when he's playing in, in, in the middle, bigger minutes, he, he's getting that sort of 60-65 score. And if he goes over, you know, happy days. Yeah, well, I, I'm considering a bit of another sort of crazy move and thinking about the sea on Widdop as well this game. Win Stadium, mate. Manly's fallen apart a little bit. I um, I do need to move up the ranks a little bit faster, so am I completely yeah. out of my mind? Yeah, good idea. Um, I, I'd probably look at his form and go a little bit sort of sheepish. Um, I'm kind of hoping he scores 12 because I don't earn him yet and I want to grab him a little bit later, but... He's um yeah sorry I, I thought his draw was a little bit worse than than what we discussed so yeah I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it but yeah good luck mate <laughs> well I mean he's he's averaged pretty well at Wind Stadium in the past so um I might have to actually yeah, just do true. it I'll see how my week's going that's for sure yeah I mean I can try and dream about that um Gold Coast Titans round three hundred and seventy three points and just hope it happens again and. Lightning strikes twice, eh? Yeah, mate. Um, so the next one, we've got the Broncos versus Sharkies, which we spoke about. Um, now, here we've got Roberts returning after he missed the last game, which means Tomo's gone. Um, other than that, Broncos are unchanged, which unfortunately means that TPJ is still on the bench, which I know kills both of us, Billy. Um, and the Sharkies, on the other hand, have named the same 17, which beat the Tigers on the weekend. Although, aside from a 10-minute um, blitzkrieg where they scored three tries, they looked pretty unimpressive. Yeah, TBJ I'm filthy at, but that's yeah, that's cricket. Um, I, did, I didn't actually see that lot that Sharky's game last week, so I wasn't aware that they came flying home late. Um, I just saw a few highlights here and there, um, especially the uh, LBA length of the field try assist. Can't see that happening again this week. Um, I don't know. I, I reckon this this week's going to be your typical game where um, Milford doesn't fire. He does just especially against the top sort of four team away away from home. I think he'll do sweet FA. You might you might be lucky and see a couple of uh, Penguin offloads late that might crack the game open a little bit. It's going to be cold in Sydney. Broncos aren't used to that. I reckon Sharks will probably run away with this one, and you'll see the um, Broncos get revenge next week on whoever they're playing. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's there's quite a few watches. We spoke about the Broncos connection. Um, aside from that, though, TPJ normally has really good, um, really good points. Still, even if he plays 50 minutes, but he played 50 minutes on the weekend and only scored low 40s. Do you think that's a bit of an anomaly? And you'll you'll still play him as your 17th man if he's playing 50 minutes off the bench? Yeah, um, I think that was a bit of an, an anomaly, but um, I haven't looked at the numbers. Did he have any offloads at all, or is that just you know, 50 minutes and him 
him being him being on the park, just um, taking hit ups and doing tackles. I'm pretty sure that he had um, no offloads in that game at all, and it was just his um, basic stock standard base. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe been asking to put it, put it away for a little bit. He, he, he's had a couple of those games where, he, where he's done nothing and just and just tucked it away. Um, if it's a high scoring affair too, you know he's going to be standing still for a little bit too. So um, I don't think the a Sharks versus um, Broncos game is going to be a high scoring affair. So I reckon he probably gets a couple of offloads away this week and um, gets a bit more work rate with with less with less stoppages. Well, let, let's hope there's less stoppages anyway. There's a little bit a lot of discussion around money in the game flow, but I can't see them changing their stance on twelve penalties and four sin bins per game. Well, Todd Greenberg came out today with um, Mr. Beattie and said that they've instructed the referees not to nitpick as much. But very ironically, in the same com- press conference, he turned around and said, but we've told them to sit in more if um, if players are hitting guys after they kick the ball or pass the ball. So it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. They're going to blow, blow an ex- uh, you know two less penalties and you're probably going to get an extra sit bin. So, I mean, it's much of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah, I find it funny how they do that. They um, they say they're going to crack down on the rules and they blow the whistle every time they see you know an infraction by one percent of the actual law, and then come origin and say, oh, we're actually going to forget about all those actual rules and just let it flow a bit more. But when we come back to the week, oh, we're going to actually play by the rules again. Yeah, I bet you all the origin boys love it though because they just get that week where they just get to run riot and just do whatever they want on the field, and then they uh, you know, they have to come back to reality. And play uh, NRL rules again, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I reckon, I reckon we have. I reckon we have no referee. Just let thirteen bucks out out there kill kill each other when they get tired. When they get tired, they stop throwing punches, mate. They start scoring points again. Well, there was a there was a there was an interesting tweet on the weekend um, where somebody turned around and said, "Why don't you just put two random guys out of the crowd each week, half an hour before the game, in the middle of the field, and set them up with a whistle and let them do it?" Because it will probably be better than what we're seeing at the moment. I think there's a few fans that are frustrated, and um, I'm definitely one of them. So let's move on. Let's not talk about it. Um, we've got the Storm versus the Knights at McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday, uh, and Bura unfortunately had a season-ending ACL injury, um, which is really sad for him because he's had a couple. Um, Luke yeah, Yates, that's really really sad for Barnett Ernest. I'm I'm really annoyed about that. <laughs> well, I mean, mate, he Barnett went. Pretty good on the weekend, um, considering some of his other scores and stuff. Fitzgibbon's a guy who's actually dropped down a little bit, hasn't he? He's had a, a couple of forties and um, has been a bit concerned. Yeah, someone, someone mentioned that he seems to be playing right side a, a little bit more, um, so maybe that was the reason. And you know as well as I do that Fitzgibbon um, doesn't do anything, doesn't have any sort of high scores or anywhere near that without a try. Um, so the, the less. The, the less Ponga goes near and the less chance he's going to ha- have a deal with that. So you're going to have to expect scores of uh, 40, 45 from him every now and then, just like you are, Aitken. Um, they, those guys aren't going to go over every week. Yeah, he's had such a good run. I almost bought Fitzgibbon a month ago just because he just looked too good, and I'm really glad I didn't because in the last month, including us the Titans and the Eels, which you'd expect him to have gone well at, um, 49, 78, 48, 40. So three out of the four have been in the 40s. Um, it hasn't been a great month for him. He's, he's one game that he did get the 78. He got the LB try with it for the 78 as well. So, yeah, he's um, he's not looking great. On the flip side, though, Melbourne have got Billy Slater back, which should um, really, really help them. But on top of that, they've also got Curtis Scott and Will Chambers from their suspension. 
Um, so Glasby moves from lock to replace Jesse Bromwich, who is out four to six weeks with a torn hamstring, with uh, Kenny Bromwich coming to the starting side of lock. Tell you what, the amount of people that are talking up Jesse Bromwich um, pre-season, he came in and was pretty crap, and now he's out for another four to six weeks. I, um, I'm pretty glad that we both dodged that bullet. Yeah, never again. I think we both never. said that in the pre-season. Oh, I didn't touch him in the prisons. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, I must admit, I did, I did, I did pencil him in at one point and I got a cold chipper down my back and I think that was a sign to say, hell no, James. So another guy to highlight in this game, Billy, um, you know, the Knights are still being reasonably competitive, but they are getting some points thrown on them. Um, Vunavalu has been on a try-scoring drought. We did talk about an N.A. McDonald run. Uh, Vooney's a real hard guy to go on a run with because he can have some real stinkers. He did score on the weekend, um, and that's his first try. He had a month of no tries. He still only scored 37 points with his try, which says it all. But uh, do you reckon for 300K, which you might get to, um, you could get him for round 17 and just run with him? No, I can't, mate. Um, that right side just isn't the same without a cock there. I don't want to go anywhere near him without the guarantee that he's going to get some ball. Yeah, I tend to agree, um, which is a bit of a shame because he's priced at you know three hundred thirty odd k at the moment, pretty juicy. Now that we've both said that, I'm going to call him for a double this week, and we'll have egg on our faces. Yeah, that happened to me in the finals last year. I was in uh, three head-to-head finals, two hundred dollar buy-in for two grand prize, every single one of them, and the every single there were three blokes I didn't have. One was Rapana. One was Redrata and one was Dooney. And it, one, <laughs> every single head-to-head had one, one different bloke and they all scored 150 each and it completely fucked my season. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy. So that's another reason why I can't go with Dooney. I have bad memories. So shout out if you're listening to this. Bite me. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, last thing I'll highlight in this game, interesting bench from Melbourne. I don't know if it can possibly stay like this. Brandon Smith, Christian Welsh, Joe Stibson, Jerome Hughes. So they got a back and a backup hooker um, who has played a little bit of lock, but not really on the bench. Um, that's a pretty light bench. Um, they got Cassiano and, and Patrick Confuzzi on the extended bench. I think that one of those guys comes in. Yeah. What do, what do you think, actually, sorry to change the subject slightly, but what do you think happens with the forward um, rotation um, with... Um, uh, potential origin selections and Brom being out. Um, I know it's not going to mix it up too much because Billy Billy generally doesn't give forwards more than sort of 45 minutes um, whether, whether they're starting or off the bench. So what, what do you actually see happening there? Do you, do you see any opportunities there for around 17 spooky? Well, the only guy that can that can be playing origin will be Tim Glasby um, and he'll yeah. have to break, break into the side after, after the first game. So he's a potential to break in. I just don't really see much opportunity, mainly because like um, guys like Joe Stimson and Kristen Welsh have gotten starts before during this season, and um, each of them end up back on the bench, so unless you're prepared to trade them out a week or two later when they start to bleed cash, it's really not going to be yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah, true. But... So let's move on to the uh, Tigers versus Raiders, the 10pm Sunday game. Um these, these teams generally have pretty high-scoring affairs. It's going to be an interesting one. MWZ returns on the wing, um, and Kevin Nakama holds his spot on the wing because Corey Thompson's moving to fullback. Lola here has dropped out of the side. 
He had a bit of a shocker on the weekend. Um, Robbie Rocco is back in the starting side, and Matt Eisenhuth and Alawai moved to the bench. Um, with the Raiders, we've obviously got Rapana out. Michael Oldfield is replacing him on the wing. Um, George, Josh Hodgson is making his long way to return with Havili back to the bench and Hingano out of the side. A um, couple of changes there, Billy. Oldfield um, is a guy that I did look at quickly since um, Rapana's going to be out for a while. He's 360k though, so you can't do it. So there isn't really many opportunities. I'm interested in your whitehead call though for 17. Even if he was, uh, you know, sort of 250k, I still couldn't do it because if a bloke like Rapana can't score outside, outside whitehead, is it whitehead? Who's it? Um, uh, no, anyway. Tapani. Yeah, Tapani. If um, Rapana can't score outside a bloke like Tapani, then a new bloke's got absolutely no chance, mate. Um, I reckon the smoky out of all this is um, probably Croker. I reckon he's probably due um, his sort of standard one one fifty score. So. I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon Croker is probably due, due for a, a, a short list watch and potential buy. Yeah, Croker's a, a really good call, Billy. Um, I like that because um, you could go a, a Rapana straight to a Croker, um, and that's something that not very, very many people are doing. Um, Croker's obviously a goal kicker as well. He's um, he's not he's only four hundred and fifty k, so it is a straight swap, and he's got to be a sixty seven. He is in 23% of teams, but it's a little bit puzzling that more teams aren't sort of looking at him, talking about him, or trading him in. Yeah, he hasn't really scored that well this year, but you know you know for a fact he's going to go on that tear at one point and have those one or two or three games where he scores a couple of times. Everyone's going to go, oh, get Rapat, going to get... Um Gonna get mud in, and then he'll 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 score in you know, forty or fifty, and then then, then fluctuate. So, I, I reckon look, if you're looking for buy cover and you, you're looking for a guy that can potentially um, score well, we all, I think we all know what um, we all know what Croker's history is like. He, he, he can score large, and if you're going to get a guy that's going to potentially doing goal kicking versus the Tigers, might be the time you want to get him. Yeah, it's not a bad call. I kind of like it. He started off the season really well. After a dud 21 in round one, he had a 70, 65, 63, 77. So that month, yeah. he averaged close to 70 points. Uh, but then he dropped down and hasn't scored above 58 points since. And in fact, he's still got a lot of decent scores, though, in like sort of the high 40s or 50s because of the goal kicking. So he's been solid. Um, maybe he does um, sort of jump out and go well. So good call, Billy. I like that one. Um, any other guys from the Tigers or the Raiders that you're looking at with interest or you're flabbergasted about this week? No, if you don't, if you don't own Cook and Smith, you probably want to look at um, um, see how how Hodgson Hodgson goes over the, over the next couple of weeks. He, he might he might be a buy if you don't own both of those guys, and you and you do really want a solid sort of fifty sixty points for round seventeen. Um, Tarpany's probably a watch. Um, the fact that I don't own Rapana and or no one owns Rapana anymore, maybe he might be the guy that's going to give you fifty-five points. Um, um, actually, what's happening with Austin? Is he still in the team? Yeah, Austin's named again with Caesar, so they're still in the halves. Um, Tarpany's an interesting yeah. one that you mentioned. Yeah, so so well, well there you go. So there's not going to be any balls out of the back. It's going to be dummy dummy. Get the ball straight to Tarpany. So you know you know Tarpany's going to going to get some runs again. Um, so uh, out of all that, I think Tarpany and Croker are the smokies. Um, Crotrick would have been would have been nice, but he's probably 
what's Kotrick's price? He's probably starting to get up there, and you really don't. I really don't want to spend five hundred k on a winger for. Uh, I for think he's about five fifty. Yeah. yeah, you probably just want to stick with a goal kicker, just stick with Croker, hey? Yeah, he's a hundred grand less. You got to stick with Croker. But Tarpany's a guy that I was going to touch on, and you beat me to it. He's um he's pretty yeah. under the radar, and if you're looking for a forward. I mentioned Trent Merrin before, but I might actually go Tarpany instead, depending on how it goes. Um, Tarpany's um, about 520k, but he's gone 56, 67, 89, 64 in his last month, and he's a front row, second row forward jewel, which is why I like him a hell of a lot better than Ryan James, um, and he's, he's yeah. up, uh, his upside is there as well. Yeah, and you know he's going to play 80 minutes, not... 50 or 55 and he's he's got the target this week so yeah I'll, I'll be watching him with interest he was on my watch list for this week versus Tigers it's probably the most exciting thing out of this Tigers game is um, watching how tough and he goes yeah true mate true alright well that was the last game of the round Billy um, I hope you're getting all set for the buys mate you're feeling confident about round 17 no not really mate I planned for months for round 13 and that um, kind of hurt me where I don't want to get hurt ever again so round 17, I'm just going to try and ride out and try and, um, I think top 500 is out of the, out of the equation, so I'll just go for top 1,000 now, mate. Fair enough. All right, mate. Well, thanks for jumping on as always. Good luck this week. Cheers, mate. You too, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You can um, listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, download us on iTunes, or follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Uh, Good luck with the captaincy choices this week. Make sure that you're looking ahead to the buys with your trades this week. Use them wisely. And as always, we'll see you next week. Thanks.